Don't be afraid if you get angry. Any power that can be created can handle your grief and your anger. It's okay. You can get angry at God, but he, he, he basically can handle that and he can help you. There's no timeline and grief is just as individual as your fingerprint. Everybody is going to grieve in a different way. It is time for another edition of Valley Health Check. Thank you so much for joining us. Very important topics always on Valley Health Check. You can find it at MyMixFM.com, and it's with the fine folks with Horizon Health. You can always find information on them at MyHorizonHealth.org. And it's so great to have her back in the studio from Horizon Health. Please welcome Erin Frank. Erin, how are you? Thanks, Kevin. Excited to be back. Well, it's good to have you in a very important, as always, a very important topic we're going to talk about. And I think uh, it's good to talk about this time of the year, and we have somebody special in the studio. Why don't you do the big intro? Yeah, today I brought with me Lisa Brinkerhoff. Lisa is a licensed clinical social worker. She works out of our senior care program, um, which is sort of unique in itself. That could be a deep dive podcast, but for purposes of today, <laughs> right. um, senior care is an outpatient psych program or a behavioral health program for seniors, just as the name implies. So older adults, they come to that program to get um, some help pushing through some some life challenges, which could be a number of things. But it's a really, really great program, personal testimony to how wonderful the program is. And so that's what Lisa does day to day. And so today she's going to be joining us, as you said, Kevin, for a deep dive into grief. Grief. And uh, that's that's a topic right there. And Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. So nice to meet you. Well, I guess we're going to start out. What is the definition of grief, Lisa? I'm going by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler because she worked for years on grief. So her definition is grief is the intense emotional response to the pain of a loss. It is the connection that actually has been broken. And um, like I said, grief is the emotional, spiritual, psychological journey that we have to healing. And I think grief is love. Aww. Grief is a tough thing. And it can, I can only assume it can be handled in so many different ways. And, and uh, I, I dealt with grief at a younger age, being a, a, the youngest child in our family. My brother was 21 when I was born. So, wow, yeah, uh, so yeah. saying I was an oops baby is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, I, I had to deal with grief at a very young age and in mm-hmm. different avenues of your life. You deal with it differently. But, yeah. but at all, the end of the day, it's grief. Yeah. And it's how we deal with it. Yeah. One of the questions I had is, you know, can you experience a loss, but have the word grief not apply to you? Grief can be, we can have emotional losses. That's, you know, when I said grief is emotional loss, you can have a divorce. You can move. Um, oh, great several, point. Yeah, there's several different ways. We don't only think of grief as you know, you've lost someone. You can go through a divorce. You could move. Some of these major events we have, you do have that emotional loss. Well, and I guess if you go back to the reference to love, you know, if you had a heartfelt love for whatever it is you lost, Mm -hmm. then of course, I guess it would be impossible to experience the loss without grief. Is that right? I mean, that's kind of a simple-minded conclusion. Yeah, because you kind of go through these these steps and um, it can become complicated. So, you know, but this is why we said there's, you know, different things that uh, you can go through. I have to admit, when I think grief, I immediately think lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. But the one common thing like divorce, a lost love, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it it all has to do with what you said to start this off, love. 
It almost everything evolves around that, mm-hmm. and the loss of some kind involving that is a grieving process. Yeah. It almost adds a layer of simplicity to a really yes. complicated thing. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. That, that reference to love. I'm sorry. And I, I could give a personal example. When my dad was in the military and he had to be stationed over in Germany before we were able to come over. And I remember the day he left, and my mom and my sister and I, we just huddled and cried, and mm. we were grieving. Even though he was just going overseas and we were going to meet him, but it was a year later. So, yes, it was grief. Well, and one of the questions I have, too, is the degree of grief you experience affected by the preparation of the event or or not really. So, in other words, you knew your dad was going Mm -hmm. to be sent to Germany a year before you guys could go. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you had that knowledge and you were able to prepare or someone with a terminal illness, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that you know there will eventually be a passing. Does that ability to prepare help with the grief on the back end? Or not really? Well, we call that when someone's like fighting a disease or cancer, that person begins to start to anticipate the possibility of the loss. So I think that's what was happening. We were anticipating the loss. And this is what we do, especially when people that are have a serious illness. And so, yes, that probably is something that happens. We kind of prepare ourselves emotionally that this is going to happen. And that's called anticipatory grief. So that's that's what happens in that situation. I know we all kind of grew up, the Disney movie Bambi. Mm-hmm. So in that movie, Bambi's mother is shot. Yes. So many of the girls at that time went home and they were crying to their mom and dad. So that is something that, um, you know, for my children, it was Simba, you know, when right. Simba's oh, dad yeah. was dying. So, or did die in The Lion King. This one, this is when many of us... Um, realize someone we cared about could die. That could be one of the first mm-hmm. reactions. very interesting. I remember old Yeller. Yeah, uh, yeah that's another myself, one. I yeah, my sister bringing me to that yep. movie, and I'm like, why did you bring me to that? <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I mean, I left there feeling awful. Yeah, there's a puppy at the end, mm-hmm. but old Yeller died. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that was my really first experience with grieving a loss of some mm-hmm. kind. So that's very interesting. So... What happens is, is we momentarily anticipate we know we can lose our parents from those movies, and that's what what we call antis- you know we anticipate that that's going to happen. So, and I'm just naming those movies because you know most of us yeah, seen points. it. And, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a yeah. great example. Yeah. I mean, every one of those examples had an impact on, on mm-hmm. people that watched that, and they were they were close to it. Now, are there different stages of grief? Yeah. Um, again, Kubler-Ross, she was the one that actually did a lot of research. She she actually researched people that were terminally ill, and she came up with these five stages. Um, it, I'll kind of go through them. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So denial, um, in that stage, we're kind of like paralyzed by the loss. We have that shock and numbness. Um, and the denial is not saying we're denying the actual death. What we're saying is, that we're, you know, I can't believe the person's dead. Um, it's hard to just... Feels like a dream. Yeah, it's just yeah. almost surreal for the person. So it, it, we kind of protect ourselves because it's too much emotionally for us. So we're, we're protecting ourselves, and that's why we have the numbness and shock. 
is it bought. not to divert but is it possible for that denial to last a lot longer than you would hope it to i think when i first dealt with my parent my, my father mm-hmm. i was in denial i felt like for a couple of years which was awful for me. I didn't accept it. I didn't move on through the... I eventually did, but I look back at that, and when someone close to me goes through a loss, I try to help them mm-hmm. the best I can uh, yeah. because I don't want them to... It almost felt like I was in such denial I wouldn't let it go, mm-hmm. and which made it rougher on me. Can yeah. you get stuck there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that a yeah. speed bump that's just sometimes tougher for and some? We look at that as therapists or uh you know in my profession that yeah if you get very stuck then yeah we would want you to get professional help and you probably didn't realize what was going on as a kid i didn't um and i did just so you know the happy ending i did get some help and i was able to work through it yeah because these stages are not linear it doesn't they just they're all over and you can go in and out of them you can have one stage that you you are stuck in or or anger is the other one because you know you're you're really questioning why him why now it can present in some so many different ways you know did i not take care of my loved one how i should have and you're you're angry and you didn't see this coming could also you feel left behind and you felt you should have had more time with that person and this is a stage where we can be angry at God and you can blame God. You know, questioning, you know, where is God in this? God, what's your plan? I mean, this, this happens in this stage. I have a quote by Adele Jameson Tilton. She says, don't be afraid if you get angry. Any power that can be created can handle your grief and your anger. So I think that's important. It's okay. You can get angry at God, but he, he, he basically can handle that, and he can help you. Two out of five. What, what else should we be expecting <laughs> through those stages? Now, I know, you know, looking at these, I know regret is not on there. Could that be mm. kind of intertwined? Yeah, I had a it's, tough time with regret. Yeah, it's intertwined. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Why didn't yeah. I? Yeah, man, I should. Stupid. I wasn't. Uh, My no. time allocation wasn't what it should have <laughs> yeah. been. This is yeah. thing I wish I would have done. Right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. No. Great question. And that's kind of what the bargaining is. It's okay. Uh, that's what I was okay. Yeah. If only. And what if? No, yeah. I had a show on a cable network because I was doing some bargaining. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of bargain saying, you know, I'll never be angry if you let my spouse live again. And that's kind of what you go through. And um, in this stage, we kind of want the person to return and, you know, we want them back. And so we start doing that. And this is where you can feel guilt. You blame yourself. I should have done this and I should have done that. Well, no. Did I, did I do enough? You, you begin to question yourself. And sometimes you may even bargain with the pain, you know, do anything to not feel that pain because oh, yeah. you have a tense pain. If only I found a doctor sooner. You know, it's just this entire thing. And I think the regret fit, fits in there as well as the guilt. Mm-hmm. And all that leads to depression, I can only imagine. Yes, yes. So in this situation, it's kind of expected that when you have a loss of a loved one, depression is depressing. This is normal, an appropriate response. Not to experience depression is where we kind of worry because 
that's unusual. And you should be experiencing some sadness and, you know, feeling that loss. Is there a situation to where you just shut it off and ignore it so much you build a wall? It's mm-hmm. there, but you don't realize it. But mm-hmm. then five years down the yeah. line, you wonder where that left hook came from. I mean, I can only imagine. If you don't feel sad and you don't feel depressed, what is happening? You're not healing. Yeah. yeah. And then you do get stuck. And this okay. is where we really, as a professional, become concerned. We don't want that. That's yeah. what's so fascinating yeah. about this is these are five big, heavy, scary words that my brain wants to initially have negative connotation toward. But it's interesting that you're saying, you know what? That's all part of it. These all need yeah. to happen. So yeah. actually, the more concerning thing is putting up that wall, like you said, Kevin, and, and not, not, not journeying yes. through through yeah. these. I have yeah. to be honest. I, you know, look at this and, and talking through this, I wish that was an avenue for me. Would I have been ready for it? I don't know. Yeah. It was so long ago, but but I see just knowing this and, and almost seeing that, wait, mm-hmm. this is normal. I need yes. to get through this the best way I can. Yeah. That could be by talking to someone to where you get that knowledge and, and work through it. Because grief is one of the necessary steps. And if you don't go through that you're not healing there you go and that's what i catch as a professional and you know it's it it's a way to also for nature kind of say it protects you again from shutting down and knowing that you have to adapt to this loss well i think that we can't talk about the word depression without talking about the not normal of it or the Mm -hmm. the red flags of it you know what depression is too much right right if Mm -hmm. depression is something that i should expect to have come over me as i am grieving where's where's the um the threshold i guess it would be to say i'm not going to be able to get back out of this myself what i look for is basically the functioning so if the depression persists and it interferes with their daily living, you know, they can't get out of bed. They're crying all the time. They can't even complete their daily tasks. That's what we start looking for because okay. then we call that clinical depression. And that's when we really advise to see, a, you know, a health professional for treatment because this isn't a normal response when you totally shut down and you're not even seeing your friends, you're not pursuing your interests. A definite change, a definite yeah. shift. Yeah. And I've had people consider ending their own life. And that's why we say, yes, seek the help because this is this is not the normal part of the stages. Mm-hmm. So that could yeah. very well be categorized as unhealthy grief once that depression yes. takes that. You know, we're talking about the different, uh, I don't know, the stages yeah. of grief. And I know acceptance, we didn't touch on that one. Yeah. Does that mean just coming to terms with everything? And is acceptance always last? To me, that's, that's an interesting too. thought, too. That um, almost is like the ending of the stages. Yeah. But, ma- but, maybe, <laughs> but maybe it isn't. Maybe you're in acceptance a while and you bounce back out. I mean, does that I happen? Th- I think people confuse this with the notion that everything is all right. <laughs> Everything's okay. What we're saying about acceptance is this, this stage is about accepting the reality that we lost the loved one. We know they're physically gone and that this is the permanent reality of the situation. So again, this is part of that healing. You, you're not going to like this. We're not no, saying that, no. yeah, you just accept. <laughs> you are going to be kind of like, oh, I don't like this. But the reality is, is that you learn to live with it. And then you do, again, this is the healing process. This is where the healing and the adjustment starts taking place. doesn't say that you, yeah, you don't have to like this, but 
it, it's it's a part of it. It's safe to say it's something that's going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, but sure. it's how you grieve. It's how you go through this. I bet you still think of, you know, the oh, losses that you've had. It's, I, it, I do. Uh, I yeah. have I have a rough time in October. That mm-hmm. was October first mm-hmm. was my dad's birthday. October thirty first yeah. was my mom's. Mm. And it took years for me to realize. It actually took my wife. It's like, well, let's look at the month. Yes. Let's look at the time of year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it was almost like I heard a ding. And it's like, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It was sort it's of subconscious. Just, it, you know, and, but I went years wondering, why am I like this every October? Yeah. As yeah. those anniversaries approach, you do become more melancholy yes. and sad. It's, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. But, but I've, I've, I've learned now, you know, with yeah. wisdom and age, you know, yeah. and the help of a wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's just, it is very interesting. Yeah. It's something that does yeah. stay with you. And, and it does spark mm-hmm. back up. And it doesn't matter how many years. Years. You're right. um, it could be three years, eleven years. It doesn't matter. You're always those anniversaries are always going to be it, the the pain lessons. But yeah. yeah, it's just like your body automatically knows. You That's know, it. I did not put it in a calendar yeah. since, but my yeah. body mm-hmm. and my reaction and my emotions did. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think that was the most amazing thing for me once I realized what was going on. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, you, you don't really have control of those emotions sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so as we talk about this, when you get to a point, we talk about, you know, the depression and the different stages. When should a person reach out for help? Is there a certain point when you get where you yeah. sometimes it's hard to know yourself mm-hmm. or proactive help? Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe yeah. maybe you're not at the you know, I, I need help because I can't get out of bed every day. Right. But maybe you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm, this is sort of difficult and I don't want next month to be the girl who can't get out of bed. Yeah. What you know, can I do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we used to call this complicated grief. According to the DSM 5th edition, we're on the 5th edition already, they renamed it prolonged grief disorder. So this is where we're seeing that, you know, the, the severe preoccupation with the disease, you know, mark sense of disbelief that doesn't go away and avoidance. They're just avoiding. They're shutting down. And then again, it's that significant impairment in just their daily living. And if they're recognizing that, then yes, they should seek help. So help can come in in an array, I would assume. You know, you see, and you've even offered a couple recently of just support groups, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. it's you come and you meet with, with people who have experienced a, a similar circumstance recently. Just tell your story. Listen to other people. Yep. Uh, you'd be surprised by hearing other folks going through what you're going mm-hmm. through. It might not be the same, but it does something to know, mm-hmm. hey, you're not alone normalize and and Mm -hmm. sort of tap into each other's strengths almost so you know that seems like an easy easy easy-ish thing you know you don't need a clinical referral for something like that it's not a doctor's appointment and those things churches we run the the grief support group and that's partly what i do is i try to normalize their grief and i'm really listening for what i call kind of these red flags right so then if i recognize that you know, as a professional, I will talk to them mm-hmm. afterwards. But I find that this group is just like you said. They're finding out, oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, these things I've been feeling and doing. And so, yeah. That can mean a lot to a person trying to struggle through mm-hmm. whatever their mm-hmm. grief is. They're somehow finding a relatable something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It could be the foundation of getting better. Yeah. You know? And those sharing the stories is important. Yeah. I have them start right off with that. And that, to just being able to talk about it, 
that's something I didn't have. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. I didn't do. I, yeah. I should rephrase. I didn't do. I shut down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think now I, I, I almost preach when people go through this. I'm like, you know, you need mm-hmm. to talk to someone. Yeah. You know, you need to. You know, you, know, you talk you, to me, you know, whatever. You may talk to your family and they're, and they're kind of at the point, oh, okay, just yeah. we don't we've moved on, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But telling it, that actually is part of the healing process is to tell that story. And if you have to tell it over, you know, especially that first year, you are going to tell it over quite a few times. And it's okay. It's okay. That's what they need to do to heal. Well, and that kind of segues into my question about being supportive of that person who's going through grief, you know, as, as a close friend or could be a coworker. I don't know. Like, what's the best approach um, to support that person? Because honestly, I don't think I'm doing that right. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm I- that girl that goes to the visitation and I'm like, your hair looks great. Like, you know, because the whole thing's so and heavy. And I would say with that. You want to break that up, you yeah. know. I'm you're, glad you brought the that The best up. thing you say is just, I'm sorry. Because, yes, people get very uncomfortable with death and dying. And mm-hmm. then they just say things right. that are just right. really kind of hurtful sometimes. So yeah. And they don't mean um, to. It's no, just, no, because they're uncomfortable. And yeah. They, mm-hmm. It's yeah. tough for everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a weird situation. Yeah. And so... I would say be a good listener and just respect the way they're grieving mm-hmm. okay. because, yeah, it's there, there's no timeline and grief is just as individual as your fingerprint. Everybody is mm-hmm. going to grieve in a different way. Don't give advice. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Just be, you know, the words come from your heart. So mm-hmm. that's important. You know, uh, share a memory. They would love that. Mm-hmm. Tell them how they feel is okay. You know, you're just... You're just telling them, this is okay. Ask them if there's anything you can do. This is a big one. Help them with tasks. Because, you know, if they're in that kind of that first stage where they're numb and still trying to, everything's surreal. Yeah, they need help with just maybe even meals and cleaning the house. And sometimes you don't need to say anything. Just be there. Just Mm -hmm. be there. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. Not to interrupt, but the way you said you don't know what to say to people. Mm -hmm. I'm the completely opposite. When someone close to me... It's that grief. I feel it's my duty to help oh, them. Oh, to mm-hmm. Superman in? Because I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But I, I don't, you know, I, I do what you say. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Yeah. I'm here. There's yeah. people that love yeah. you that want to help. Because our society is not good about talking about death and dying. No, no. It's almost still taboo, taboo and I'm trying to be out there educating people. Because you yeah. know what? We can't stop death. It happens. Well, and it's such a commonality. I mean, we as individuals have all these hardships that are not common, you know, where you're seeking out like-minded people or someone who shares your diagnosis or, Mm -hmm. you know, someone who had the same custody battle or, you know, there's so many things that aren't just across the board like this is. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, again, interesting that it is as taboo when it's going to affect 100% of us at one stage or another. (laughs) So true. And and there was a point in my life I ran from it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, someone else? I think we've come, if you've lost someone significant and then all of a sudden someone dies within six months or a year, you're still... Yeah, still coping with the first. Yeah, so it feels like, oh... That's follow me, but no, it just happens to be coincidental, yeah. and you're just still in that healing process. So yeah, it just feels like it magnifies it. It, it so, really does. Yeah. And let's say someone's listening to this, and they could relate to this so much, but but they could relate to it enough to to think, all right, well maybe I should. 
Uh, what would be the first step of just an average person listening to this podcast? Talk to their primary doctor, get the ball rolling to mm-hmm. to talk to someone else, mm-hmm. or what is that the appropriate measures? I mean, I would I would think that if you're if you're not to that I can't function point, there may be other people helpful besides physicians. Yeah. I mean, your pastor. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's uh, very it, very yeah. true. you know. Yeah. Um, I'm that's just trying to point. I'm just trying to think of places where you sometimes see like these grief groups. I don't know if yeah. senior centers ever host them Um, sometimes it's just the family that they'll say they don't feel this is normal so they'll make a call and And then then, then I can give them resources yeah Yeah. just want it to be clear that Uh you know if anybody is struggling with any kind of grief there Mm -hmm. is help and and there is a way through whatever grief you're going through and and that's why these this particular podcast meant a little more to me Mm -hmm. because to kind of talk about it as as we've kind of made it a point through this that's that's the main thing to get through it and I don't know just I think it's a very important topic I think so too is there anything you had Lisa that we didn't get to I think he referenced to the primary uh, physician you mm-hmm. know sometimes that's where they'll go in and they'll start talking about this so then that's how we get referrals but you know seeing a mental health professional starts the ball rolling or your primary physician can and then we talk about medications but I think therapy is so good go to a support group get therapy that's that's Listen to folks and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's medicines they can prescribe. Yes, anti-anxiety, anti-depression. Um, sometimes people need a sleep aid because of all the things that have happened. And they're it's not hard to sleeping. shut it off, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I promote the therapy. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you know what? And I'm a proponent for that as yeah. well. I've, yeah. I've not only seen so many people in my life benefit from it to deal with uh, what they're going through. Uh, you know, we get only uh, one time uh, in this life, and, and, and you know, death, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is part of life, mm-hmm. but it's how we deal with it. It's how we grieve, and, yeah. and uh, we appreciate you, Lisa, talking to us about it, Thank giving you. some some of us some perspective yeah. on how to move forward with this. And Aaron, it is so great to see you. We appreciate this. You can check out these topics and so many wonderful ones at MyMixFM.com. Always uh, find out some more info with our friends at Horizon Health, MyHorizonHealth.org. Ladies, thank you so much. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Kevin.